the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Guy, we're back with more End Time Insights coming up to Christmas week. I'm excited. We love the holy days. They're great. They're great. They're great. You know, Christmas, basically, it's really been back in the day. Constantine wanted to appease both the church and the pagan world. So the pagan world had a sun god that they worshipped, and we worshipped the Lord Jesus Christ, the only true God. So they kind of compromised on December 25th is Christmas. But, you know, to me... Anytime you got the world thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ, it's good. It's good. It's an opportunity. So I just want to encourage you with that. So last week, we're talking about warnings to the church still by Paul, by Jesus, by Peter. And most of the warnings, pretty much all of the warnings that we've been speaking about are warnings within the church body. And so I want to continue in that vein. And we left off in Jeremiah. And I want to talk to you about Jeremiah chapter 23, great chapter. You know, if you break down the book of Jeremiah and these old-time prophets and you look at the commentaries, they'll say, well, like chapters 1 through 15 are promises of God during the millennial reign, or they'll say like, well, this is the judgment of God for their sin. But then when you get to the end of the book, it's so good because it's all about the restoration. And I love it, and I love it, and I love it. And if you read the book of Revelation, do not get scared because at the end of the day, the book of Revelation is all about the promises of God fulfilled. Well, I've drifted. Okay, back. Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 4. We're talking about pastors again today. And please understand, we love pastors. Pastors are special people called and chosen by God for his purposes. And yet, It's because they have such a unique anointing, because they are charged with a very specific uh, task by God for the care of his sheep, they come under great assault and great attack. And obviously, when we talk about the warnings from them to them, it's important that you understand this is not a condemnation of pastors or all pastors. There are some great pastors out there. But it's a warning to you that there are not so great pastors out there, too. And those are the ones that we are warning you against. I'm going to start this show by asking you to pray for your pastor. He needs it. It is of paramount importance. We pray for their families. We pray for their ministries. We pray for their souls. So, so, so important. And when we end, I want to pray for the pastors again. All right, Jeremiah 23, 1 through 4. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Pasture, P-A-S-T-U-R-E. That's where sheep graze. Woe be to the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, pasture, saith the Lord. So 
Here we see that a pastor that is disobeying God, he destroys sheep and he scatters the sheep. Very, very dangerous situation. And you, as someone in the pasture of God, must be warned that there are pastors out there that are destroying the sheep and scattering them. Verse 2, therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And we see here that God is going to hold them accountable for what they've done. Therefore, verse 2, saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. Two things right there. Number one, they're God's people. They don't belong to the pastor. They belong to God. And the pastor is privileged with the responsibility of what? Feeding them. Woe to the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock. So these pastors were disobedient. They were scattering the flock of God. They were driving them, literally driving away from their sheepfold. And you didn't visit them. You didn't go after them, saith the Lord. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. Very terrible situation there. Pastors, very simply, there to feed people. What do Christians eat? Christians eat the word of God. Christians eat truth. If your pastors are not feeding you the truth of the word of God, that's one of the reasons someone would leave. I don't stay at a place where I go out to a restaurant. I don't go back there if they don't feed me good food. If I don't sense that they're professional and they're excellent in what they're doing, I'm going to leave. And that's what God is saying right here. By the lack of your feeding them, by you not putting what's supposed to be on the menu, truth, you're going to scatter them, you're going to drive them away, and I will visit you with that evil, saith the Lord. Jeremiah 23, verse 3, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. Wow, a bunch of stuff in there. So the shepherds scattered the flock, but notice, it was God who found them and drove them to where he wanted them to be. The shepherd did not keep them together. They scattered the flock. God got them, and he placed them where he wanted them. Very important. But notice, sadly, and this is terrible, and I will gather the remnant of the flock. We lost a bunch. That was the problem. By the pastor scattering the sheep, we lost a bunch where all the Lord could do was gather back a remnant of the flock. And that's what we see today. There's the church, and yet it's the church remnant that's doing all the business. It's the church remnant that's doing the interceding. It's the church remnant that's preaching the truth. But it's only a remnant because just like in the Old Testament, Jeremiah said, you, pastor, have scattered the flock. You've not watched. You've not fed them the truth. Well, the same thing has happened here in America. God would or could only bring back a remnant. Yes, some were permanently lost. And unfortunately, in today's apostasy, that's talking about again. We talked about it last week, uh, the falling away of the faith from the church, from the truths in the Bible. That's happening worldwide. It's terrible. That's why we're doing these lessons. I am warning you. That's what we do in our Bible study. We are warning you. God's people were in the wrong folds. What? Yes, listen to this. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, 
and I will bring them again to their folds. You have a particular house of worship where you belong. God has appointed you for that place. It's where you will get fed. It's where God has provided for you. At a certain time in his life, Elisha was over in the place where the, was it the brook? Not Kedron. I forget the name of the brook. Uh, Cherith? Was it the brook Cherith? That might have been it. But he had the ravens bring him Big Macs, right? He provided for them, but Elisha had to be where God sent him. And it's the same thing with you. If you want to be blessed, you got to be in the church where God has you belonging to. He identifies it right here. Where I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds. You need to find where you belong and you need to stay there. You need to intercede for the pastor that God has called to lead you in his stead, to protect you in his stead, to feed you in his stead. That's where you belong. That's where your place of provision is. That's where your place of power is. That's where you're going to experience the presence of the Lord. God's people back in Jeremiah's day were in the wrong folds. They had assigned folds where they belonged. Similarly, our churches are out of order. God assigns us to a specific house. We need to be faithful in and to that house. But look, God blames the pastors for the people being driven out. There is a place where you belong. Make sure that you find it. Truth drives out fear. We're going to come to that. Verse 4, Jeremiah 23, verse 4. I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them. Good. We have a promise from God. He will set up shepherds or he will appoint new shepherds or he will replace those shepherds that haven't been feeding them with new shepherds and they will feed them. And the sheep or the people of God, Israel or the church today shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. I love that. That is so good. When the diet is proper and we eat truth, when truth is what's on the table. What happens? Okay, so God says in verse 4, I'm going to set up shepherds, new shepherds over them, and they will feed you. I love it. So when truth is on the table, let's look at the scripture, what's going on. They shall fear no more. Truth drives out fear. There is no argument against that. You cannot argue against truth. Truth can stand up to any scrutiny. The issue that we had where the government forced closures on the churches. I heard a wonderful testimony the other day. This guy, where was he? California. And the church, they tried to shut him down and he wouldn't do it. They sent police cars out there. He wouldn't shut down. Police cars just drove away. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now the man is being used by God in a great way in California. But that's the tenacity that we have to have as leaders in these churches. We have got to be unwilling to bend when Satan says bow. So I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more. Number one, when you're eating the truth, when your pastor is feeding you truth, fear your congregation will be fearless. Number two, I will set up shepherds over them that shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. I love that, dismayed, another word for discouragement. Your congregation should not be a congregation full of discouragement and fear. Your congregation should be a joyous congregation, a place where the joy of the Lord is manifested, fearlessly worshiping the Lord, fearlessly praying for the sick, laying hands on those that need it. Your church should be joyous. Your church should be fearless. Why? Because your pastor is feeding you the truth. And the third one, this is great. I love this. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. 
and lacking. It's not in the sense that they don't have any provision or they don't have their needs met. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the fact that none of the sheep shall be missing. Everyone will be in their fold. There will be no absent sheep. There shall be no absent from the church. If God is building a church and you're to go there, you will be there. But the responsibility of the shepherd, the pastor, is to make sure that he's feeding you. And I would say, shepherd, pastor, if you're losing sheep, that's on you. That's not on the sheep. You understand that? Did you get that? Quit blaming the sheep for your shortcomings. If you are not feeding the sheep the word, the truth, you should be losing sheep. And that's on you. Don't go looking when they're leaving because you're not doing your job. Repent before the Lord, get truth, and let the word of God hold these people into their calling. God's people were fearful, God's people were dismayed, and they were lacking. Why? Because of the shepherds and the pastors. They were lacking truth. They were getting fed things that weren't true. I'm going to give you an example, matter of fact. Let's do that. Most congregations, unfortunately, are starving spiritually. Look at this. Something just happened over the weekend, and we're praying for the people in the Midwest, in, I think, Illinois, and I don't know where they were, Kansas, Kentucky, somewhere over there. There was all these tornadoes, and people died, and homes were destroyed. It's a very terrible thing. But let me say this, and this is going to rock some of your boat. This is going to crush some of your doctrine. The hurricanes, the tornadoes, you know, the Bible says that God is the whirlwind. 9-11, COVID, Katrina, other disasters. Let's look at the shepherd again, because we got some information there that may give us some light. You know the picture. Remember the lamb? You Have you seen the picture where the lamb and Jesus has the, the lamb on his shoulders and he's carrying it, the shepherd, the representative of the shepherd. You know why the lamb is on his shoulders? Because the Lord broke his legs. Do you know why the Lord had to carry the sheep? Yeah, he broke the legs of the lamb. Why did he break the legs of the lamb? Because the lamb kept roaming from the place of safety of the flock in the shepherd's care, and sooner or later, he's going to be devoured by the wolves. So because God loved that sheep, that shepherd broke those legs where that lamb could no longer roam. That's the bad news. The good news, the shepherd then walked around carrying that lamb on his shoulders because he loved him. He valued highly the life of that lamb. And because he loved him, he was going to keep him from the wolves. If going about trying to keep him as a part of the herd was too difficult, no problem. He had a solution. He's going to break the legs of the lamb and he'll carry him and he will build an intimate relationship with that lamb where that lamb will be the one that will walk closely to him in the coming days once he gets healed. It's amazing. So the shepherd breaks the legs of the lamb to keep it from roaming away and safety now. And he's forced to carry the lamb all the while an intimate bond is being formed and the lamb is no longer in danger. Who do we think we are? What gives us the right to judge God? Is that shepherd evil for breaking the lamb's legs? Or was that an act of sacrificial love on his part? You think the shepherd wanted to break the legs? You think he enjoyed breaking the legs of the lamb? Of course not. Or perhaps the shepherd knew that if I don't do this, the wolves are going to devour that lamb if something extreme isn't done to protect that lamb. Why do we not allow God to demonstrate that same type of protective love? Hmm? 
Our gospel is false, friends. I'm sorry. Satan has counterfeited God. He's counterfeited his love. And he has brought that counterfeit love into our pulpits today. This counterfeit has removed. It's denied God's sovereign ability to judge us here for the sake of correction. That lie, the lie that has been spread, that judgment only condemns. Perhaps that's true in the world sense. But God's current judgments aren't for condemnation. They're for correction just like the lamb's broken legs. Trouble is, we look at the lamb's broken legs and we say that shepherd is evil. How could any loving shepherd ever do that? We look at the judgments in the earth today. We look at what's going on. How could a loving God ever allow that to happen? How could a loving God ever cause that? Ah, man, the lesson is here for all to see. The shepherd's acts showed love. So do God's acts of judgment. I can't say it any more clearly. God's judgments are not here to condemn us. They are here to correct us. They are here for correction, just like the broken legs on the lambs. The lesson is here for all of us to see. The shepherd's act showed love. God's act shows judgment. It's still love. He is warning us. He is protecting us from eternal damnation. I trust him implicitly to do what's best for mankind. So many things are worse than death. I trust God, whatever he needs to do to keep man from going to hell. Lord God, you don't need it, but you have my permission and my support. Man of God, if you can't preach that man of God, if you can't stand shepherd of God, pastor, if you can't stand up on your pulpit on Sunday morning and demonstrate the love of God by something that's contrary to the doctrine that's being taught in our churches today, you need to get a clearer picture of God. You need to open up your Bible. You need to step down while you study and get to know God. Introduce yourself to God and his word. Because let me tell you, then you're going to be just like Jeremiah's shepherds and prophets of old, leading the sheep astray, starving them. Yes, even chasing them. Instead of running off the wolves, you're running off the sheep by not feeding them the truths of God. You have got to understand. That's probably the clearest picture I can give you. Whether it's the Old Testament shepherd pastor or it's the New Testament pastor shepherd, throughout the Bible, they have been found guilty of causing harm to God's people. Belonging to the right church, the right church family, the right Bible study, the right home group is of paramount importance, saints. God says it time and time again. When the shepherd or pastor is not following him, the sheep are vulnerable. Ezekiel 33. Let's see what Ezekiel has to say. And the word of Jehovah came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them, and set him for their watchman, if when the watchman sees the sword comes upon the land, if when he seeth the sword coming, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. But in the position like I'm in now, where I'm pretty much representing the watchman on the wall, if the watchman heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. Whereas if he had taken warning, he would have delivered his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, and the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but guess what? His blood will I require at the watchman's hand. I don't really have any choice here, you know? Number one, we give you these warnings because we love God. And because we love God, we love you. And because we love God, that's 
birthed a love in you for us, we also have a desire to see you protected. We don't want anybody going to hell, not anybody on our watch. I have a radio show. That's a sphere of influence. I have a Bible study. That's a sphere of influence. We've got a Facebook page. That's a further sphere of influence. We constantly warn you of the dangers that are facing you in your local church. Why are we constantly warning you of the dangers? We are warning you of the dangers because the dangers have not stopped. As long as there is danger there, that's how long we will warn you. The passage of scripture I just read in Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6, many of you will read a passage like this and you'll dismiss it out of hand because it's Old Covenant, it's Old Testament. You say, we have a new covenant. We have a better covenant. Would you so easily reason away the warnings that God sends you? Do not people still need the Lord Jehovah? Do not people yet need deliverance from their sin? Even today, are we so blind that we cannot see that God has sent the sword upon the land that we call America? You would have to be deaf, dumb, and blind to argue that the sword is not upon our land. Has the new covenant fixed the sin problem in America? No. Has the new covenant stopped the spread of lawlessness in our cities? No. Has it curtailed the depraved sexual lifestyle of millions of Americans? Absolutely not. What do you think the new covenant does that the old covenant didn't do? I mean, the old covenant, you say, well, that's old covenant. That's a warning in the old covenant. But the sins are still here today in the new covenant. And we've got the blood of Jesus for the church to cleanse us. That's available to you. It's available to me. It's available to whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. But when we don't appropriate that, we're left with all this stuff. Did the new covenant protect the lives of our babies? Are our children safe in the streets, in the schools, and even in the homes because of the new covenant? Does anyone honestly believe that America no longer needs these warnings from God that Ezekiel said, that Jeremiah said, that Isaiah said? No, we desperately need them. And in his church, are there not watchmen standing on our city walls, yet warning and crying out and bleeding in our hearts for our nation? Do you think America doesn't need these warnings? Are we so callous to the needs of others because of this hyper grace message, because of New Testament doctrines? Do we yet use grace to remove us from our responsibilities as America sinks further and further into wicked oblivion? Our nation is no longer about to go under. We have wounds that Dave Reagan cites in the Bible that are incurable. All what's left to us is a final gleaning of souls before the judgment of the rapture. Yes, the rapture is judgment. Heed the warnings. Take advantage of the opportunity. The Lord is returning in righteous judgment and holy anger. You don't want to be here. People say, Ron, where's the love, bro? Foolish saints. That is the love of God. Warning you with the truth of God that you're hiding from. Warning you with the truth of God that our pastor's too cowardly to stand up in the pulpit and tell you. Are you scared? Well, I hope so. You should be. Judgment is coming to America. A.W. Tozer. Love this guy. He has coined a phrase and he calls it Christless Christianity. He writes, Christless Christianity sounds contradictory, but it exists as a real phenomenon in our day. Much that is being done in Christ's name is false to Christ in that it is conceived by the flesh. It incorporates fleshly methods and it seeks fleshly ends. Christ is mentioned from time to time in the same way or for the same reason that a self-seeking politician mentions perhaps Lincoln and the flag or 
Washington or even Trump nowadays to provide a sacred background, a sacred front for carnal activities and to deceive the simple hearted listeners, the sheep that don't know his voice. The giveaway is that Christ is not central in their teaching. He is not all in all as he should be. And that's the problem with many of our churches. The name of Christ offends. You know, we don't teach out of the Old Testament. We don't like the God of the Old Testament. Well, I got news for you, saints. The God of the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. Harry S. Truman, at the end of World War II, in an effort to rally the church to its proper role in the restoration of the world, this is a supreme opportunity for the church to continue to fulfill its mission on the earth and to provide the shock forces to accomplish this moral and spiritual awakening. Man, do we need a moral and spiritual awakening in our nation today. Truman goes on. No other agency can do it. Unless it's done, we are headed for the disaster we would deserve. Oh, for an Isaiah or a St. Paul to reawaken this sick world to its moral responsibilities. And that's what we are doing. There are true men of God out there. It's those we need to find. It's those we need to follow. It's those we need to fund. The danger today for not following the true preacher's warnings and for following the wrong man can be catastrophic. I'm Ron Geyer. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.